0: We are you
1: ready, kids?
0: Aye, aye, captain.
1: Look at me, short. I'm the captain now.
0: Welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano. With me, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato.
1: Thanks, mate. Good to be here. Looking forward to the first thing on the agenda tonight. Yep, straight into the first
0: segment. So, I fucked up. Uh, Pato beat me in the captain's challenge. So, I have a concoction here of, and let me get this right, sriracha sauce, uh, American mustard, soy sauce. I've got tuna in there, I've got a banana in there, and I've got milk. So, I fucked up, and I'm going to drink this concoction that I made up. As punishment, um, don't make bets that you can't win. I thought I could win, but fucking Callum Mills fucked me up. So, anyway, down the hatchet goes.
1: <laughs> How did that taste, Dano? <coughs> oh.
0: oh, my God. Jesus Christ.
1: So, while Dano recovers from his... Uh his injury. Uh, Let's move on to the AFL injuries over the weekend. So uh, first up we had Andy McGrath who damaged his PCL in the Dreamtime game against the Tigers. Um, He'll probably miss eight to 12 weeks. So not super relevant from a super coach perspective. He's in not in too many teams, but it's going to help someone that we'll talk about maybe a little bit later. And that is Kyle Langford. So I wasn't too keen on Kyle Langford first up, but I really like his role now. And I think with Andy McGrath, being out for so long. I think he's cemented that spot in the absolute guts, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. I think the, uh, the next injury is down Prestia. Um, he's got a bit of hamstring soreness. They won't take any risks on him. He might miss two or three weeks. That's only speculative. They haven't come out with how long he's going to miss yet, but they're going to be very cautious with him. So I think that actually helps Riley Collier Dawkins, who looked a little bit lost on Saturday night, trying to find a role that wasn't in the midfield, I don't think he's someone that can play anywhere but the midfield. So, I think he's going to struggle finding that role. I think he's going to move straight back in there with Prestier out. But we'll see what happens from... Yeah, the end
0: yeah, yeah I'm, I've slowly recovered. I haven't even yeah. drank the whole glass yet. But I'm going to push through this bit. <clears throat> David Zaharakis looks like he's done his hammy. Don't know how uh, long he's going to be out for. Um, but what was the notable thing that happened during the game, Pado, when
1: uh, he, he did his hammy? So, Zaharakis was playing forward before he did his hamstring. When he went down, that actually moved Nick Hind to the forward line, which if anyone can remember last year, he was no good in the forward line playing for the Saints. Got delisted in that role. But at Essendon, he's been playing off a half-back line. He's actually in a fair few teams in Supercoach. He's been scoring okay. Hasn't been taking the world, setting the world alight, uh, but he's been scoring okay. But if Nick Hind is going to permanently move into that forward line, that's not good for any owners of him.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, Ryan Lester, Hammy, uh, what do you reckon that means uh, for Madden owners?
1: Yeah, I think they've got a little reprieve here. So we weren't keen on Madden because guys like Lester were not far away. Now, it turns out that Brisbane rushed him back. He's recurred that hamstring injury. Now, I think Madden will come back in. They have the bye this week. So he'll get the one week off. If he's fully done it again, he'll obviously miss another four to six like he just did. Madden may get a reprieve, but yeah, the logical scenario is Madden coming straight back in for Leicester again.
0: Yep, yep. Um, there's a whole bunch happening down at St Kilda Paddo. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, they're actually going to struggle to field their uh, squad of 26. Um, for those that might not know, each, each club announces a, a, a squad of 26 for each match day. So that's 23. For the 22 plus the sub and then three emergencies. St Kilda might actually struggle to name that 26 this weekend. So Jaron Geary and Mason Wood, they both went down with injuries. And Seb Ross and Tim Membry are actually flying back home. They're already back home down here in Melbourne um, to attend to some personal things. I think, one of, I think maybe both of them, their partners have just given birth. So they'll miss maybe one or two, maybe even longer, especially if it goes into a hub scenario. So... The reason why that's relevant on this podcast is Tom Highmore. He obviously was the sub on the weekend. He came on for Jaron Geary. um, Or was it Mason Wood? Whoever he came on for, it doesn't really matter. But he got thrown around all over the place. At one stage, he was even in the ruck, which just means that they're just trying to find a role for him. And he played forward for a little bit, actually played on Jake Lloyd. So that was a little bit of a weird one. Looked a bit lost. Jake Lloyd was still killing it. So he went back into the defence for that fourth quarter. Didn't score all too well, but I think he scored 10, which was um, more than three quarters of what he scored for the weekend um, in that fourth quarter. So he'll probably come straight back into that team. Uh, What role, though, that remains to be seen, Uh, but we'll see what they do with the Saints. Yeah, it's going to be a bit tricky for them. Um, Harry Mackay, what the fuck happened there, Pato? So I was at work, so I didn't actually catch the game, but he landed on his back in the first quarter from what I've read and then got subbed out in the second quarter with concussion. Now I'm not certain whether the two incidents were connected, whether he got a little bit of delayed concussion in the second quarter, but this is actually one to keep an eye on because he scored five and he's currently 341,000. Now, obviously he'll have that five in his rolling average for the next two weeks. Um, So he might get below 300,000. He was actually scoring pretty well in the first six to eight weeks of the season. So he might be a really dirt cheap bargain basement forward option for those people that, for like myself that might still have Tom Phillips or may look for a nice little sideways from Callum Coleman-Jones to Harry McKay. Whether he's going to score heaps more than Coleman-Jones, we'll see. But yeah, one to keep an eye on is maybe a cheeky, cheap option further down the track.
0: Yeah, and the player that you told everyone, Pato, to not bring in after his injury history, you either start him or you don't. That's Nat Fife. He popped his shoulder out. It looked like a fucking. It had its own face in the shoulder at one stage. That's how dislocated it was. Um, Frio said it pulled up okay, but uh, isn't this the same sort of thing that happened with Josh Dunkley, Pato?
1: yeah there was a bit of a uh, Voldemort in that shoulder, wasn't there? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe the Dark Lord is trying to return in the form of Nat Fife. I can uh, think of worse footy players to try and return as. But anyway, that's a little bit off topic, but yeah, it looked like a real bad one. and with Nat Fife's injury history, including on shoulder, he's done just about anything to his body, the poor guy. but Frio said it pulled up well, which I think they're playing funny buggers. And they've done this before where they've said, guys are okay. And then we find out three weeks later that, oh, it's a bit worse than what we said. Well, no fucking shit. So I think this is one of those ones where if he plays through it, he's going to be very limited. We remember Gary Ablett um, in the, at the Suns played with a dislocated shoulder and teams really targeted it. And he was no good. And I can see exactly the same thing happen. Nat Fife is that caliber of player like Gary Ablett Jr. was where teams are absolutely going to target that. And I think they're stupid to have him play. Yeah, I think they're sitting 10th. Is that right? Maybe 11th. So they're only two or three games out of the eight, but they're not making the eight. I think the, the top eight as it stands now is probably the final top eight. Essendon may make a run, but that's a little bit off what we talk about on this podcast. But yeah, if you're a Nat Five owner, I'd be very concerned, but we will talk about Nat Five a little bit later in terms of what we should do with him if you have him. Yep,
0: yep. My boy, Sean Darcy, and my Supercoach draft team, did his hammy. Don't know how long he's going to be out for. He's got the round 14 by. I know a fair few people were actually looking at Grundy down, uh, potentially, because we don't know what's happening with Grundy. They reckon that he's going to play round 15, but I'm not so sure, Paddo. But anyway, um, yeah, Darcy owners. Unfortunately, we don't know what the fuck to do with him at this stage. Um, until we hear more information from Frio, but lucky it's the buy rounds. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, this is a real unlucky one if you have him. If you went Grundy down to Darcy, that would be a little bit of a weird trade, only because Darcy has that round 14 buy next week. So a lot of people went Grundy to Nick Nat, which covers obviously this (laughs) week, but he's also got a round 14 buy. So I don't know why people would have (laughs) done that. But that's just me. I'm not sitting in the top 100 looking at making those sort of trades to try and keep my head afloat. So I'm not lucky enough to be in that position. But yeah, Sean Darcy, very unlucky if you've got him. Um, we'll see what happens with that one with Frio.
0: And my fellow namesake, Dane Zorco got suspended. So he's copped a week, but we
1: know what to do with him. Paddo, what are we doing? You have to hold him, even though it really hurts. But what a dickhead. It hurts even more because it's happened over the buy rounds, and obviously he's not out there swinging at guys on the field, thinking about people's super coach teams. But gee, it hurts if you've got him, Zano.
0: Yeah, correct. Now before we go into rookies on the bubble, oh man, fuck, (laughs) starting to hit my stomach.
1: Sounds like Dano's stomach (laughs) is still on the bubble.
0: It's it's starting to hit my stomach now. Um, we've got (laughs) we've got a um. Just chuck it out there that Supercoach have chucked us an extra two trades overall, and instead of three trades over the next two buy rounds maximum, you can now do four trades maximum over the next two buy rounds. So that can change people's strategies, especially if they aren't that affected, but I'm pretty sure everyone will be because Richmond versus West Coast have been brought forward to round 13. So... We'll now go on to the rookies on the bubble, and you can start us off, pato.
1: Yeah, just before I start mentioning names, this is a really interesting week, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth a bit later, but I think last week was the week to go early on, two of these guys we're about to mention, as we said in the podcast last week, and there's one guy that's a must-have this week, if he's named. Um, So I'll start off with Callum Coleman-Jones, 161,000 ruck forward. Break even of negative 102. That's fucking Richard. insane. Insane, especially considering he's 160K, Dano. Um, we've seen that sort of break even from guys that are in that 120K round or even it's cheaper. But yeah, negative 102 is insane. Average of 99. He's absolutely must have. Even though he's got the round 14 buy, obviously he's in Richmond who have been brought forward. He's going to make quick cash, whether that's 250, whether that's 300, depending on when we jump off him. I can see him having that 80 or 90 scoring capability. He played back up Ruck on the weekend, um, backing up Choll um, and Pickett, which is a weird one, even though we had <laughs> Callum, Callum Jones there. But he's going to make quick cash, even if it's 250K and you jump off him early when he's still got a fairly low break even. And we need that cash. This is the time of year where you need that quick cash. And Coleman Jones is absolutely must have, in my opinion, if you didn't jump on him last week. You've got to jump on him this week, even though he misses next week. Yep,
0: yep. Um, Ned Reeves, 123,900 ruck, minus 98 break even, uh, 86 average is a good Flynn downgrade target if you haven't got rid of Flynn already. Um, and I, I can't see him shifting out of that role, Paddo.
1: Yeah, Hawthorne don't have any, anything to gain to bring Jonathan Segler back into the team. He's been a great servant for them, but he's in his thirties, and I can't see any real reason for them to want to play him over Ned Reeves. So I think he's safe in that role. I thought he was must haves before. We had a little chat about it today, Dano. Um, you've got Treaky sitting on your bench, and well, well I I'll, I'll, the...
0: I'll correct, you. I'll correct you there. I've been informed that his name's actually Tracy.
1: Interesting. That's not yeah. how it's... Spelt, but okay yeah you've got tracy sitting on your bench <laughs> yeah um and that makes sense not to to go for that trade know if that is your case i have flynn as my r3 before trades this week and i feel like a lot of people do so if you've got flynn sitting there even though they're both playing this weekend i think flynn down ned reeves is the play that pockets you a fair bit of cash and that gives you Ned Reeves, who's also going to make quick cash, just like Callum Coleman Jones, and in a good role because he's playing as that starting ruck, playing sixty or seventy percent in the midfield, and getting those points. So yeah,
0: yeah, Yep. Yeah, the Collingwood diehards, the third and final one that you've got here, Pato uh, Trent Bianco, 123900 nine hundred dollar defensive midfielder. Um, he's got that dual posse minus eighty four break even seventy nine average. Got a good role. Plays his heart out for Collingwood. I don't think he's ever going to get dropped because, let's face it, Collingwood need players to play for the jumper and there's not many that are at the moment. Um, And he's got a good DPP link with someone like a Laird. So what do you reckon, Paddy?
1: Yeah, absolutely must have as well. Even though, again, he's also got the round 14 buy. But I don't think you can miss out on this cash. And when a rookie presents themselves like this, you've got to trade him in, even if... That doesn't suit your buy structure. Now, I just want to quickly touch over Collingwood for a second, Dano. I was meant to put in the run sheet, but I've forgotten. But I'll quickly touch on it now. I think there's a good chance. Collingwood are in a really weird position. Now, we've got Grundy obviously sitting out for a couple of weeks. I mentioned that I was worried about him potentially sitting out um, for extra time because they've got no point in playing him. But I had to think about it over the weekend, Dano. They don't really have much to play for in terms of draft picks because they've already got the best player in the draft coming into their team with young Nick Dacos, Dacos. Josh, uh, Josh Dacos. Is it Nick or Josh? I don't know. Whatever his first name is. It's fucking one of the Day-Cosses. What The Dacos that is in the draft is probably the best player and they're getting him in no matter what. Father-son rule. They've got the picks banked up. Another club holds their first round pick. Is it Geelong that have it? No. It doesn't matter. Whoever has No, it's the Giants, mate. It's
0: the Giants. There
1: you go. So they don't gain much by losing more games than what they normally would. They've also got a situation where Nathan Buckley is fighting really hard for his job. Really hard for next year. There's lots of rumours. There's Ross Lyon rumours. There is Paul Ruse rumours. There's even Clarko rumours. But regardless... He's fighting hard for his job. Now, in the third quarter, if you watch that game, when they needed winning in the middle, they needed uh, clearances, they needed match winners. And what? who did they turn to? They turned to Scott Pendlebury, Steel Sidebottom, Jamie Elliott, those sort of guys to win them the game in the middle. Now, those guys have not – well, Elliott's been out since round one or two or whatever he's been out for sidebottom has been playing a halfback and still Sidebon has been playing half forward and a little bit in, in the middle. But when the game was to be won, he threw those guys in the middle. And they're in this really weird situation where a normal team like Hawthorne may drop some senior guys who aren't part of the next generation coming through in order to lose more games and get a better draft pick in. But Collingwood in that weird position, as I said, where they're getting the best kid in the draft, no matter what. So they could finish first and still get that kid. So obviously they're not going to finish first because they're fucking terrible. But all I'm saying is still side bottom, Scott Pendlebury, they may even be super coach options again, but they're going to be looking at winning those closer games by putting those older guys into that midfield because Bucks is yeah. trying to fight for his job next year.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's valid. The only thing I have against that is now,
1: what's the verdict on the clubs going into hubs? I know that AFL are very against it. Their priority, if Melbourne were to get worse now, it must be said that it's looking really good for Thursday. I don't know if you know anything, don't know, but we're looking pretty good. I think for Thursday of potentially getting out of lockdown or at least going into a stage three sort of situation where we can maybe have one or two people over at our houses and slowly ease out of this lockdown because all the, all the cases that we're getting are all linked. So, I don't think we're going to get into that hub situation, but I know a lot of the players are very against a hub situation and they've been very openly against a hub situation. And that's where the AFL are coming and saying, no, if that were to happen, we would prefer to pause the competition and let the players stay home uh, rather than going into another hub situation.
0: Yep. Okay. Fair. Because whispers are that Brody Grundy is, um, we we actually don't know what the hell is going on with him. They reckon he's going to be back by around 15, but neck, it was a neck injury. And sometimes with nerves, you can't take that risk. And I reckon that if they went into a hub, I don't think Grundy would want to go.
1: No, I agree. I think he's actually openly said he wouldn't be keen on a hub at all. Yeah, and okay. really, why would he? His, his club isn't making finals. He's got nothing to gain by locking up in a hub again. If he's going to struggle from a mental health perspective or whatever, He's got no reason to want to do that unless he's going to stop getting paid. But I can't see that happening. So, yeah, I think... that I don't think a hub situation is going to have to occur this year, Dono.
0: Yeah, oh, hopefully not. Anyway, let's go for trading options. We'll start in defence. And the most obvious one that everyone's talking about is Lockie Whitfield at 503,600. Uh, sorry, 503,600. <laughs> Fuck that up. I blame the Sriracha sauce. Um, 70 break-even. <laughs> 93 average, 103 three round average. Now people were worried about him walking off the um, and just running laps on his own away from the main group. Um, don't read too much into that. Um, Giants, just he'll he'll be fine. Anyway, um, he's played five games uh, off long term injury though. Um, he's had his re- weeks rest, and I'm pretty sure the Giants are playing North Melbourne, so he could get a fuckload of the pills. So if there's any Time to jump on him. I think now is the time, Pat.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. He's had his six-week block, where it's pretty much like a mini preseason. Even though he's been playing five games, I think he's had his six weeks where he's ready to absolutely explode now. Obviously, we know Whitfield. We know how high he can score, and I don't think you're going to want to miss out on this. And it must be said, he's obviously already had his buy, so he plays for the next two weeks. He's ready to explode now. I am moving Rory Laird into my midfield permanently in order to accommodate Lockie Whitfield in. That's how much of a must-have this guy is this week. 100%. Put your house on it. Move heaven and earth. Get Lockie Whitfield into your team this week. I don't care if you have seven defenders in your team. Bring in Lockie Whitfield.
0: See, I'm actually on the other fence in I'm actually probably not going to pick him.
1: That is very interesting, Dano, because he plays for your team. Now, do you know something that we don't? Uh, It's... I've just got a, a bit of an inkling with Lockie that
0: he, even though they're playing North Melbourne, I actually don't think he's going to
1: score that great. That's as, yeah, as simple I'm, as that. He,
0: he could go absolutely I'm, massive or he could spot it.
1: Yeah, I'm not bringing him in just for this week, Dana. I'm bringing him for the rest of the year. I can see him averaging 105 plus for the rest of the year and that's why I'm bringing him in.
0: Yep, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. What's his break even again, Paddo? 70? 70. So let's say he does have a poor game and he scores an 80. He'll still go up a fraction, but he'll still be within striking distance for the next round. But in saying that, if he goes at, let's say, 140, you're fucked and you can't bring him in.
1: Yeah, this is the week to bring him in 100%. Now, it must be added that every one of our trading options this week have already had their buy. We're not going to advise bringing people in that have got the round 13 or round 14 buy. We are looking at players that have already had their buy. So that's why the list might sound a little bit different this week. And next week, it'll be the same where people have, we're coming off their buys already.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, Tommy Stewart, 522K, 106 average, consistent score, a reliable premium. If you don't have him, he's another one
1: that you can look at. Yeah, maybe not as fun pick as Whitfield. He won't have those monster games that Whitfield t- tends to have. But if you're looking for a consistent 95 to 110 scorer, Tom Stewart is your guy. As I'm sure you know, Dono, you've had him all year, haven't you?
0: No, I haven't. I have never had Tom Stewart. And I've told you this before, Pato. I... I...
1: don't know why I thought you started him.
0: No, no, I said I regretted that I didn't start him. But no, I've, I've been... Everyone else loaded up in their defence early in the year. I did the opposite. Um, and I've been plucking off defenders that have had real one really bad score and bringing them in. So that's how I've been doing it. The only one that I really started was Callum Mills and Rory Laird. They're the only two I started. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to the next guy. And I reckon that you've got this one from Twitter, Pato, because I have seen this name Fucking floating around
1: all day and that is will day 384k so oh yep, yep that's yep. really interesting i know because i haven't actually plucked out from twitter um usually i'd openly say if i've found a suggestion from someone else um just like with the Lankford pick uh super george is who put me onto him and I've been—I watched him very closely on Saturday night. As a result of that, so I've got no issues in giving people credit where they where it's due. That's a funny P- the funny thing about
0: the Langford one is uh, no one told me about Langford. I just found him on my own.
1: There you go, very interesting. <laughs> but no, I've had a day off today. Spent it with the missus. We've been watching Harry Potter all day, and um, yeah, just plucked Will Day when I was running, doing the run sheet. I'm huge on this kid. He's going to be an absolute star. He looks brilliant, and I've watched him very closely last year. Actually, I think I brought him into my supercoach team. That's why I watched him so closely. But this kid is so talented. It's not funny. Now, he's is 384,000. He's got a break even of 52. Now, the reason he's got a break even of 52 is he played two games at the start of the year round one and half of round two. In round one, he dropped a 122. And in round two, he had 55 when he did that ankle injury. So he's a halfback. Uses the ball incredibly well. Now he is young, so it is a bit of a risky pick because he could play a month and then drop off, or he could get moved around. But Jarman Impey is the one which may be affected by this as well because I can't see Will Day playing anywhere else. I, I, he's their defender of the future, along with Sicily. He's their their back sort of three with um, CJ. That's that's their half back line for the next five ten years, and I think he's got a fairly good scoring. Potential. Now, obviously, he's not going to average 122, like he scored in round one, but I can see him being a solid 90 to 100 scorer and at 384,000. It's, as we say, it's about striking when the iron's hot and the iron is pretty hot. It's a little bit risky because he has missed 10 weeks, but he's had a good chunk of a couple of weeks in the VFL. So he obviously isn't confirmed for this weekend. He's still listed as a potential in, but They've got no reason to want to play guys like Impey and Will Day could come into the team and could score very well at a very good price.
0: Yep, yep. And just on the 55 that he scored, he was actually on track for about 90 to 95 until he did his, his injury. So, yeah, that's a and very, that very be, good pickup.
1: And that must be added. That was against Richmond and it was not a close game at all. So, a 90 in a losing effort in a back line is not to be scoffed at.
0: Anyway, we'll move on to Tookie Tookie Miller. Um, he's at 616000 118 average, 132.5 round average, 2% ownership. I was big on him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's fucking expensive now, but we got the announcement that the next GOAT is back this week, which is Maddie Rao. So how would that affect Took's scoring output? I don't know if it would, but what do you reckon,
1: Pato? Look, it may even, crazy to think, it may even help his scoring.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Which is absurd, but that's how good Matty Raul is. He makes everyone around him better. And if Tut Miller's averaging 118 on the year, to think that could go even higher is absurd. I know a lot of people are concerned with Took only because of Raul coming back, thinking that his scoring could be affected. But it could go either way in my eyes. So I don't see this as a bad pick. Now, his price is very expensive, so... Unless you're struggling with injuries and you are struggling to get your team completed, this is a bit of a luxury one with the extra two trades that we've been gifted from Supercoach. If you don't have any other issues in your team, you can afford to bring in one of these Uber Primos, maybe more so than last week before we knew we were getting these extra two trades. Um, I can't do that. I've probably filled my quota of Uber Primos. So far between Oliver, Bontempelli and McRae, I don't think I can afford another guy at that price. But if you don't have any major concerns with your team, so that means if you're not holding some fucking spud like Tom Phillips, um, you could probably afford to use those extra two trades to target someone like Took Miller. Maybe there's better options at that price, but yeah, it is a little bit risky as well with Rao coming back. But I do like Took 2% ownership, which cannot be understated. That is huge in terms yeah. of a point of difference that could shoot you up the rankings.
0: Yep. Uh, Travis spoke 533k, 109 average at his age. Um, he's fucking plugging along well, but um, he is prone now to those lower scores as well. Um, after the buy last year, what did he actually score, Paddo?
1: So he had three games after the buy last year, because I was so late in the year last year. He scored 149, 117 and 100. So, obviously, he'll play a lot more than three games, you would hope, for the rest of the year. But at his age, he could be carrying something. He did miss that one week with a bit of calf soreness, so he might have been carrying that. But a week off could do him a world of good. And at 533K, we saw last year just how good he can be at scoring. And, yeah, Travis Boat could be a nice option coming off his bye.
0: And um, just a little fun fact for you here. Um, Because they're playing them this week... Geelong have a history from my understanding of losing the game straight after the bye and they've got Port Adelaide this week. So maybe Bokey actually does go big in that win that I am predicting.
1: I get the sense that the media are playing that up a little bit because I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but I have a feeling Geelong actually broke that voodoo last year. Um, So I think that has been broken, but I could be wrong.
0: Anyway, we move on to Josh Kelly, five sixty-two k, one hundred and four average, one hundred nineteen five round average. At North Melbourne this weekend, he's got a great run home. All the Giants have a great run home. That's probably why Paddo is licking his lips at Whitfield as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm still waiting for that one big game. And I reckon this, this could be, could it, be it. This is fucking going to be on the
1: edge. So these been... guys or
0: fucking Carlton.
1: Yeah, we've been huge on Josh Kelly all year and our listeners are probably a bit sick of hearing his name. So maybe from next week, we'll stop stop talking about him. But this is the week. If you're going to bring Josh Kelly in, it has to be this week. North Melbourne this week, 562,000 and 119 five round average. And if that's not enough of a sample size of what this guy can score, then fucking nothing will be. And yeah, great run home. I, I don't need to sell this anymore. Bring Josh Kelly in if you're looking for someone off their buy.
0: Yeah. Uh, For the Richmond Tigers, Tom Mitchell. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. That'd be all right,
1: wouldn't
0: it? Uh, It's going around in the media. He's open to a trade to a Vic club and everyone's saying Richmond. Anyway, 542K, 106 average, 111 five-round average. Still a fairly good option at his price, but we all know that he... Champion data just don't like him anymore for some reason, probably because he's not as damaging as what... People think he might be, or people just, you know, don't think he's damaging at all. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so we've got we've got Tommy Mitchell up there. He he can he can go big. He can go big, but and it sounds stupid to say, if Jai Newcomb gets named to play, would that actually affect his output? I don't think
1: it would. I think it'd help Jai. But what do you reckon, Paddy? Yeah, well, Newcomb is an inside mid, which is a bit of an interesting one. So if Hawthorne are open to trading this guy, and for the record, I don't think Richmond can afford him. And we've got Shea Bolton, who's probably already a top 10 player in the comp at 22 years old. And that's not me talking shit. This kid is fucking special. That's our priority. We're not going to go for guys like Tom Mitchell. Yeah, he'd be great. But unless he's going to play for 200000 uh, not going to happen. But anyway, yeah, Oof. look...
0: North Melbourne. Tom
1: Mitchell may get thrown around a little bit, um, only if Hawthorne are open to trading him. We'll see how that plays out. As an owner, I'm really hoping it doesn't get thrown around because he's another one of those guys that cannot play anywhere else but the midfield. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But Tom Mitchell, I think, is still a good option at 542,000. He's had a couple of those really big scores. He's had a couple of 140 scores and 135. So, they're still having those big ones, but it's the lower ones that are a bit of an issue. But they're games that is being tagged in, so look, I think I still think it's a good option. I'll stand by that.
0: Yep, yep, fair move to the forward line. Aaron Hall, my guy, 502k now, 90 average, 111.5 round average, only five percent ownership. Still, um, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I think when I picked him up, he was under one percent or he was on one percent. I can't remember. Um, and he was only 2% not too long ago as well. So it's pretty much doubled, but it's still only 5% of the game. And the only other player from memory that has actually scored more over the last five rounds or so on average is Dane Zorko. Is that right, Pato? Uh
1: Maybe only in the forward line, because Clayton Oliver's sitting on about 135 oh, no, in the forwards, right? the forwards,
0: in the forwards, <laughs> mate. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, quite possibly. And if that's, again, not enough of a sample size, then nothing will be. I still think 502K is a really good price for Aaron Hall, but with a break-even of 74, and he's smashing that every week, he's going to be 600K in no time. So it's pretty much now or never coming off his buy, I think.
0: Yep, yep. Tomahawk, the other one in my forward line on this list, 513K, 95 average, 106, five-round average. But what is his average with Jeremy Cameron in the side, Paddo?
1: Yeah, look, he's averaging 106, uh, sorry, 105 with Jeremy Cameron in the team, which is just huge, especially for a key forward. We've seen him score really well in the past, sit about that sort of 90, 95, 100 average before, which is really good for a key forward. It gets plenty of contested marks, plenty of score involvement. Kicks plenty of goals, obviously. Champion data level, that shit. But he's going to another level again with Jeremy Cameron in this team. He was averaging 85 before Jeremy Cameron debuted for Geelong. So that's the impact that Jeremy Cameron is having on Hawkins' game. And yeah, look, it's probably not a sexy pick. It's not as fun as bringing in someone like Shea Bolton or Aaron Hall. But yeah, it's, it's a rock-solid pick. And he's only in 5% of the teams, which is a little bit surprising. So... Mm. Yeah, rock solid. The other thing is
0: Dangerfield um, likely coming back soon too, so we might finally be able to see the Dangerfield Hawkins Cameron fucking three cylinder offense
1: happen soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit, Dono. Oh Another shit, did I jump to the gun
0: time. a bit there? Whoops, sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to
0: Taron Thomas. I never thought I'd say Taron Thomas, 413k, 39 break-even, 75 average. He's got a 101 three-round average, and that's sits moving into a more midfield-style role. Um, I couldn't do it myself, mainly because I've got bigger fish to fry in my forward line, but Pato, you've put him on the run sheet, so talk about him a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's moved into that midfield, and... Not only North, I'm huge on this kid. I've seen him play a few times and he's silky smooth. He's a tall midfielder, but very, very skilled. And he's finally moved into that midfield. Now, whether he stays in that role or not remains to be seen. But at 413,000, it is a very big risk. But, I mean, you got to risk it for the biscuit and he's not in, man- in many teams. And I can't see him moving out of that midfield anytime soon. So, could do worse.
0: Yeah, I think there's, again, bigger fish to fry. And the last one that you got on here, and remember, we're only picking players that don't have the round 14 buy.
1: Sorry, Dana. Just quickly, there is one more on this list which I need to add to the forward line after this one. That's okay. And is that a player that has a buy this week? No, it is a player that had the buy last week who's just been announced as returning this weekend.
0: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, we'll move on to the next one then. It's Jeremy Cameron at 398K. <laughs> um, <laughs> 79 average. More of a speculative pick from Paddo, not me. Um, I just, I've got Tomahawk. Tomahawk's my boy. Uh, Finley lad. I'm from Cobham up here. Represent. Um, but yeah, anyway, take it away, Paddo, because you put him on this list. So I want to know your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I was big on him when Tomahawk, uh, sorry, when he started. For Geelong next to Tomahawk. He hasn't quite set the world on fire, but I get a bit of a feeling that with Dangerfield returning, I don't think he's going to play heaps of midfield minutes. Maybe a 50-50 split, maybe 60-40, 40-60, whatever it is. But I think with Dangerfield up forward and Gary Rowan, how can Jeremy Cameron not be one-on-one against his man Dano? Yeah. I get
0: I get and what that's you a mean. Scary
1: proposition. Sorry?
0: I get I get what you mean. I just think that Tomahawk then danger will be better options.
1: Yeah, look, at, at under 400,000, is a little bit of a risky one as well. But look, you could do worse for that price. And it, as is, it is risky, just like a lot of forwards.
0: Uh, uh, fair enough. Anyway, Paddo,
1: where's the player that you forgot to put on the run sheet? Uh, so it wasn't that I forgot. that It was just that I wasn't sure when he was back. But your man, to uh, Dana, Toby Green, 463,000. Is returning this weekend apparently, and he has the VFL Kangaroos at Bloodstone Arena. Now, he has a break even of 118. Supercoach reckon he's a 1% chance of happening, but I reckon he's got a 1% chance of not hitting that break even. Yeah. He could go bonkers against North and, um, yeah, 463,000. He's probably not quite in that primo category, but he's one of those ones that because of the juicy draw for the Giants coming up, and for those that don't know, they've got North, Carlton, Hawthorne in the next three. They've got a tough one against Melbourne, but then they've got Gold Coast, and then they've got a few hard ones. They've got Sydney, Essendon, Port Adelaide, Geelong, Richmond, Carlton. So it's that next few weeks that are really good for that Giants draw. And yeah, Toby Green's a great option.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, we've got question time. Um, So I'll ask this first one. So the first one's from James. Um, He's got a few of them. He's talking about rookies that are likely to play in round 14. He also asked about Max Holmes and any of the mid-season draft prospects.
1: Yeah, so rookies in round 14 is a real tough one because if you're talking about guys that are already rookies, so obviously guys like... uh, Lockie Jones, and that will play next week, but I think he's looking for the cheaper options. Now, Great. Ned Reeves will definitely play, and I think he's a must-have for anyone that don't doesn't have him already. Um, but when we're looking at other options, I think we're looking at guys that haven't debuted yet, and that is purely speculative. I think John Newcomb is a pretty good shot at getting a debut this week or next. They really like him. Uh, I really like... You got to say it from Collingwood, Ash yeah, Johnson, Ash, to, Ash Johnson, the Richmond fan, huge Richmond fan. Um, he he's exactly what they need up forward, and next to Jamie Elliott, I feel like that could be a nice little forward option for them. He, he
0: won't score so, super high either, but I, he'd be 102k, and he, I mature body, and I reckon he'd play most weeks when he gets that first
1: game. But the issue. They know he's got the round 14, 14 bye. by. Yep, correct. So when we're looking at rookies that might play, it's really scraping the cupboard. And um, it may be a case of seeing who gets names this week. I'm not keen on selecting a player before they debut, just because they're, they're announced. But it yep. may be a situation where we may have to do that this week. There's the other time. one.
0: The other one... Um... From North Melbourne, that was the number one pick in the mid-season draft. I've forgotten his name. He won't score that highly either. It uh, if, if he does play, um, but anyway, he's another one. And hopefully, Pado quickly looks up his name while I am talking, James. Um, but we'll move on to Kate's questions until Pado tells me what the bloody hell the bloke's name is. Um, so Tate has asked, "Did the AFL fixture help anyone?" The changes, um, fuck no, <laughs> it didn't help anyone in SuperCoach. Anyone that was planning for those that round fourteen buy uh, is a royally fucked now. Um, he's also asked, "Is CCJ so Callum Coleman Jones a must-have?" And we've already established. The,
1: uh, oh yeah, here we go. Here's Patoy. Sorry, the North ruck is Jacob Edwards. Yep. Already in 178 teams, which is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about going the early crow, that's that's baffling because he's a ruckman. And we had Coleman Jones and we had Ned Reeves. Anyway, that I'm not going to judge on what those 178 coaches are doing. But, yeah, Jacob Edwards may get a game, but I feel like if he does get a game, it's up forward. He's not replacing Todd Goldstein in that ruck line.
0: Yeah, well, we, um, we know that. We know that they've drafted him as a forward. But it's yeah. more so who's going to play, and he'd be one. He might he might end up being like the big Kahuna and score fucking tens and twenties most weeks, and then whip out an eighty-eight or whatever. Um. Anyway, CCJ, Callum Coleman Jones is he a must-have? Pato and I have yeah, established I- his fucking is. You need yeah, to absolutely. get him,
1: even though he's got the round fourteen by, I think you've got to have him. He's going Quick to make so much money, and yeah. you don't want to miss that.
0: Yeah, correct. Um, rookie's likely to play round 14 again uh, We've already gone over that Tater tight um, five out for long, question mark Hmm we, I think we, it's safe to say we don't know Because Fremantle Look at the Lukey Ryan situation It, it just dragged on And on and on So um, I, I've i seen Most people trading out Fife um, That was a pretty fucking bad Dislocation Even if You've got the two luxury trades. Even if he does play, I can't see him moving the way he normally does, and I don't think you'll be seeing those big overhead grabs, those strong contested marks that he's used to, um, because, like, as a person that's had two shoulder recos, it's fucking awkward putting your arm above your head.
1: Now a little bit of breaking news, Dana. I've just had a quick cheeky look up of the AFL website, and they're yep. updated with some Nat Five news. Now it's just on the injury list. By the early prognosis is that he is facing a decision on surgery. Wait, so
0: get the fuck out now.
1: Yeah, sell, I sell, sell. Absolutely trading the fuck out of him. Even if they don't decide on surgery, he could come out and bust it again in the first quarter. And that's all she wrote. And you've got a 10 on your field in a bye week and he bleeds more cash. So if I had Nat five bang, I'd be out of there like a bullet.
0: Yeah. Um, Frankie, Frankie K has said, "Is CCJ a must-have?" Uh, we've already established yes, he is. Um, he said, "When should you expect to have a full primo side in?" Now, i I was planning on trying to get full primo by around fifteen, um, but these two extra trades might change things, and the two extra like the four trades a week might trade uh, change things as well. But I'm I'm still going to play the long game with this because so many people be jumping the gun, trying to get quick um, full primo in as fast as possible. Um, I, I'd say around by, by round 15, you should really have a full primo
1: side. Yeah. It all depends really on how much of the injury carnage you've copped. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's really good to target by the end of the buyers to have that full primo. But at the same time, as you said, you don't want to be going early on guys. Now, I've got a decision on Waterman. I could trade him out, but he's going to make another 100, 150 K if he keeps his spot. So I'm going to hold on to him. Same with Waitman. I could trade him out this week and make 160 K on him, but he's going to make more cash. So I'm going to hold on him. I could probably get to full Primo by the end of the buys, but is full Primo really with Isaac Heaney as my F6? Absolutely fucking not. So, It's about finding the right guys. Now, even if you have to field a rookie like Coleman Jones for his 80-odd for an extra week or two, while you wait for those rookies to fatten up, then you get them to the actual primos. And I'm talking the difference between Isaac Heaney and Aaron Hall or Kyle Langford, which isn't that much at the moment, but Bailey Dale, those sort of guys. Now, that can be 10 points a week, but that can be 150 points over the next 12 weeks. So... I think it's worth holding out. Now, the only one is which is going to be an awkward decision next week is Caleb Poulter. He's probably the one where you go early on him, even though he's probably got a little bit more cash to make because he's scoring really well. But other than that, I wouldn't be jumping off rookies too early and just wait for them to hit that close to max price as possible.
0: Yep, yep. Now, before we go on to the last one, which I'll let you read out, Paddo, um, we've actually missed a couple of defenders that I want to quickly bring up. The first one, and they're both from the Suns. The first one's Jack Bowes. So he's 466K. He's got a break-even on 140, and he's back this week. Now, Paddo doesn't like trading players in that have had injuries. Um, same with the whole Matt Rowell situation, uh, which we'll probably talk about next week, because he's only played the one game. We want to see how he goes first. Um, but, yeah, Bowes coming into the side will then affect a player that I have in my team, who you know, Pato. that might... I, w- I want to see how he keeps soaring with now those in the side, and that's Jack Lukosius. So it's ever since um, Jack Lukosius switched back to defence, the last two games he's got a 98 and 128. And might I add, that 98, he butchered the ball in panic about six times. So, really, he should have got another 120 score. He's at 384K. He's break-even. Guess what it is, Pato? What is it, Dono? It's three. He has a break-even of three. So, he's expected to go up to about 414K, maybe more. Um, he could be an option, but he's one that I would say hold off for a week, potentially, unless you want to jump the gun, and just see how he goes with Bose back in the side. Now, at the start of the season, Lukosius actually got 102, 110 in defence with Bows in the side, but then Day went down and then Lukosius had to move back to the forward line, and that's where he started getting the 59s and the 44s spud scores. he's back to the forward line. But let's see if he does continue to play in defence, he could actually be a nice POD option and cheap one too if people are struggling for cash gen, which I don't think they will anymore. But it's just someone
1: to keep an eye on. Yeah, look, I didn't forget to add them in. I just didn't think they're on that same level as a really strong defensive line this year. Um, There's probably 10 to 12 guys that you can be really confident in selecting in your defense this year. And I'm just not sure that either of those guys are on that level just yet.
0: Not even a, a Jackie Bowes. After no, I'd rather week. spend
1: another 100000 and get Lockie Whitfield.
0: No, yep, no, fair enough, fair enough. Understandable, mate. We we sometimes disagree with each other. Anyway. Not um, very often. Yeah, not very often, but unless it's about Jeremy Cameron, but I've got a strong hate towards that man at the moment. And it's understandable. <laughs> um, but anyway, last question's from Ryan Paddo. Now, you've sent it to me, but it's half cut off my screen, so I need you to read it out. <laughs>
1: All right. So, yeah, Ryan has mentioned he's got a bit of an issue. Really, really tough issue at home. And it's more of a personal issue. But oh, no. we'll, we'll get we'll get the therapy going, Dano. We'll, yeah. we'll help him through a really tough situation. Now, he said he got a flat tyre this afternoon on his Honda Civic. Okay. And I'm struggling to give a straight face reading this out. <laughs> he thinks he can get it patched. So that means that it's not a serious where it's a full puncture, he can get it patched up and he'll be all right to go. Pretty much a Band-Aid over a tyre. <laughs> but they're both nearly finished anyway. So should he just bite the bullet and replace both <laughs> of the back ones? Replace the whole fucking car. Just get the patch done until they both fucking go. Just replace the whole car. <laughs> You're
0: driving a Honda Civic, don't I can't talk. I drive a fucking Hyundai Kona. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just replace the tyres, mate. Get new ones. Brand spanking new. Don't patch them. They're fucked.
1: I agree. Bite the bullet.
0: Yeah, okay. Anyway, onto a more serious topic. Dun, dun. Um, we are not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options for your team, whether they're vanilla or slightly left of field. We've had a good fucking strike rate so far, guys um shout out to king Supercoach um on the weekend as well uh for re retweeting a conversation on twitter that i had where i said if i had him i'd captain parish and um yeah if i had parish i would have and he fucking went bananas so got a little bit of a shout out for king super coach there because he, he said the same thing he'd do the same thing if you had him anyway so thursday Hang on a second. Has this? Oh yeah, this has updated. Cool. Thursday is Port Adelaide versus Geelong, which I reckon <coughs> Port will win. Um, who you got in this one, Pat?o There's some solid VC options in this.
1: See, this is a really weird one. I don't really like anyone in this game. Um, really? I think it's someone like the guff who is coming off a bit of a shoulder niggle. I think if Dangerfield plays, he's coming off a long layoff. I think Ollie Wines and Travis Baker a bit up and down in their scoring. I think there's much better options to be had later on, even as a VC, donor. I don't like anyone in this game, which is a bit of a rare one. I am going to disagree with you. And you know who I'm going to suggest. I know who you're going to suggest, and it's I don't not- like it because Tommy Jonas is going to go on him.
0: Nah, but he'll push
1: up the ground, and that's Tom, Hawk.
0: Tom Hawkins. But I can't see him breaking past 120. That's the only thing. But we've got to give some options.
1: Now, so the Dana. The only option
0: I'm going to give. Now, Dana.
1: Now, Dana. You're going
0: to say that he's been towed up by him in the past, but in the past, they never had Jeremy Cameron in the side to help him scoring.
1: I'm actually shocked, and I don't remember this even happening. So, in 2019, he got 24 against Port Adelaide, but that's not what I'm looking at. Yep. Last year, 2020, round 12 against Port Adelaide. Yep. Tom Hawkins had a lazy 204. There we fucking go. And I'm shocked. There
0: we fucking go. Tomahawk, bang bang, BC option, bang bang. Anyway, we will move on to the next game because Paddy doesn't want anyone in that game. So Friday, Sydney Swans versus the Hawks, the Battle of the Shitbirds. Um, the Battle
1: of the Shitbirds.
0: The like Battle it. of the. We can hashtag that on Twitter. Hashtag Battle of the Shitbirds. Um, it's kind of like comparing Frankston to Danny, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can't polish it to a turd. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, so Sydney versus Hawthorne. who we got in this one, Pato? I was, I like Mills. The only thing is now, I think last week proved that no matter how well, how, how much of the pill he does get or whatnot, he sucks at the SCG. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I said it, Dano, and you didn't listen to my advice, and you lost our first captain's challenge yeah. because. Don't listen to my advice, Dano.
0: Oh, I'm allowed to be wrong sometimes.
1: Only sometimes. But anyway, I'm not going to go Callum Mills in this one.
0: Um, but there's a a, a, cheek, a cheeky option. A lot of people won't have him, though, and that's Lukey Parker. I just I can see Lukey Parker just going a solid 130, 140 in this. Um, but like I said, most people won't have him.
1: Yeah, the issue is Luke Parker isn't attending a lot of centre bounces. And that's where I would be a little bit weary of that one. Now, he may kick some goals against Hawthorne, but it's a little bit speculative. I would much prefer Jake Tommy Lloyd against his previous team.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: I don't like Jake Lloyd, but how much is the ball going to be in Hawthorne's forward line? Yeah, probably not. Oh, Don't underestimate Hawthorne. Not that much. I think Sydney will wipe the floor with Hawthorne.
0: Uh, well, so, I reckon they'll get a fair few inside 50 entries, but they won't know what the fuck to do with it and then Lloydy will get it out of there.
1: It's possible, but I'd much prefer... Tom Mitchell's probably the one and may even be my VC this weekend. Yep, maybe not. Well, oh, no, probably not, actually.
0: <laughs> uh, fair enough. Oh, so you got a feel for the Saturday team, the Frio Dokers uh, versus the Gold Coast... Do yeah, you know what I meant? <laughs>
1: I think so. Freo yeah. playing Gold Coast. Is that what you're getting at?
0: The Gold Coast. Um. Anyway. <laughs> oh no, wait, wasn't it the Gold Cat?
1: Anyway. Anyway. The anyway
0: Coasters. Um. Tookie Miller in this one, surely. Surely. As a VC.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like him to go big. Freo decimated with injuries. They could have four or five changes just based off injuries. So they're going to absolutely crumble. I don't mind, yeah, I don't mind Tookie at all. I, I agree with you on that one. The one that I worry about, though, is
0: Brayshaw, because when Fife didn't play, Brayshaw scored shit.
1: Yeah, and Brayshaw was only in about 30% of centre-bounce attendances this weekend, I believe. I could be wrong. Give me one second.
0: Any Anyway, I, I, I would probably avoid...
1: Yep. 40% uh, centre-bounce attendances this weekend, and last weekend it was 48 So, with... Is it Caleb's wrong came back? No, Chera. With Chera coming back and spending a little bit more time in that midfield. Well, Andy Bracewell has moved out or more to a wing. So it's a little you, bit concerning.
0: Can you check to see how many center bounces Chera actually attended? Because I don't think he attended many. He attended 56%. I was fucking wrong again. Uh, <laughs> I know one week he scored fuck all. Um uh, he's had fuck all uh, centre-bounce attendances. Anyway, regardless of that, you can still score well without being in the centre of those bounces. But, yeah, just Brayshaw with no five. I just don't like that history. Um, but I've got a, got a left fielder for you here, Paddy.
1: Yeah, love to hear the left fielder.
0: And you've set him as a left field option once before.
1: That's Lukey Reyes. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, that. Now, I don't know how many teams he's in, but he had 140 on the weekend, didn't he? I think it was 120 or 140
0: or something like that. Anyway.
1: 133 he had, and he actually... He, oh, oh, oh. he hasn't had his buy yet, so that's why he's not on the run sheet. But oh, 104 average, 112 five-round average, 113 three-round average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's juicy. He's juicy, and he's yep. in 7% of teams. So if you've
0: got him, fucking chuck your VC on him. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, next one. Um, you don't have sorry, you don't have anyone in that one, do you, Pato, besides Tuki and maybe Luki Ryan?
1: No, I don't even have anyone playing in that team in that game. Oh no, I mean just suggestions. I don't have those guys myself. Yeah, no, this is a completely irrelevant game for me. I'm gonna be doing anything but watch the footy for that one.
0: (laughs) Um, I was actually gonna put down um my boy in the ruck. Um, but I don't know if he's going to play because of a hammy. But anyway, um, Securita versus Adelaide Crows, okay, the Crom. Um, if we go, oh yeah, you can actually go a VC option in these games um, all the way up until the Eagles-Richmond game. So with this one, and I saw a fair few on Twitter do it, and I was kind of, I was tempted to do it myself, and I'm still kind of tempted to do it myself. And you're probably thinking, what the fuck, Dane? And that's going Brody Grundy down to Riley O'Brien. A fair few people actually do have Riley O'Brien now. So I don't mind him against St Kilda. You're probably going to be like, oh, but fucking Paddy Ryder. Who gives a shit? I'm pretty sure Riley O'Brien can handle uh, Paddy Ryder. Um, The only other one I can think of you will probably mention, so I'll lay off that. Actually, you, there's two that I could mention here, but you'll probably mention them both. So take it away, Pato.
1: Yeah, just quickly on Riley O'Brien. He's in a bit of a rare vein of form. Now, there were rumours that he was battling a bit of a back issue, but he's clearly over them. He's got a three-round average of 120 now. But he's got that round 14 buy, so it doesn't make a lot of sense as to why people would be trading him in for Grundy. Unless... Quick,
0: quick cash gen.
1: Yeah, just, just a weird one, because you're looking for that round 14 coverage. But anyway...
0: But Um, now, when you say round 14 coverage, everyone's so focused on their rucks and bringing Reeves in and whatnot, it doesn't matter if you don't have anyone playing in the ruck in round 14, if you've got the coverage elsewhere because it's the best 18 picked. So if if you can find the best 18 to be picked in any other line, you can get away with having no ruck line in round 14.
1: Yep, I agree, but you should see the uh the names I've got highlighted when I say show buyers playing around fourteen. It's pretty fucking bleak, mate. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm looking for anyone on any line that is playing. Um Aiden Fife, if you can somehow get a, a debut in round fourteen, that'd be great. Thanks, Stewie <laughs> Jew. Anyway. I
0: don't
1: even know if he, he exists.
0: I'm pretty sure he is injured. Oh I know he's not injured. I, I think he was he's injured. No, he's not. No, nah, nah, he's not. Um, but yeah, the other two that I was going to mention, but you haven't mentioned yet, are Jack Steele and the guy that fucking made me blend a whole bunch of shit into a glass and drink it, and that's Rory Laird.
1: Yeah, uh, both really good options. Saints and Crows are both giving up loads of points to midfielders. So if you've got either of those guys, you can do a lot worse than be seeing either of them.
0: And what about there's one more that I just thought of then? It was almost it's at a hundred.
1: It's it? fucking Tex Walker. <laughs> it was almost yeah, at a hundred
0: right. at half time. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If if only he didn't kick one goal six on the weekend, don't
0: I? Oh fucking no. And that's another player that also has around 14 by. Um slip pickings. Anyway, um, there's another option. These are all VC options up until the last game, too, by the way, because we've got those little by players that we could put the captaincy on. Um, Sunday, North Melbourne versus the Giants. How many Giants are yeah. you going to put in your predicted VCs this week, Paddy?
1: Hey, I could like I could name <laughs> ten of them, and they could all go one forty plus against the. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be Josh Kelly. The two that are... yeah, Josh Kelly is my VC this weekend, locked and loaded. I have a feeling yours might be too, Dana, so it might come down to our captain option yet again, again this weekend. Yeah. But the other one I really like if he plays Toby Green.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I thought you might have gone Whitfield.
1: I don't think he has a big of, as big of a ceiling. I don't think... I think Josh Kelly could easily get 160 this weekend. This could be his big game for the year. Um, and Toby Green could kick five or six against North and just score 300.
0: Now, as a bit of a left field option, just for a Giants perspective, one of the two halfbackers could go fucking huge. Now, you've already said one of them. Well, I've said one, which is Whitfield, but the other one's Lockie Ash. It will not surprise me, and it's if you don't have a Whitfield, if you don't have a Green, if you don't have a Josh Kelly, if you've got Lockie Ash somehow... Like our list-friendly listener Lucky Ash does, <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I don't mind chucking the VC on him just to roll the dice just to see if he gets a, gets a fucking thirty-disposal game again.
1: I think there's much safer options, don't I?
0: There are safe, but I'm also here to do some left-field choices, and I think the safest option is actually on Monday for the C. So I think you can roll the dice with a few of these VCs. But, again, Josh Kelly, I, I'd pencil him in. I just got the vibe. It's going to be against North Melbourne or it's going to be against Carlton, but he's going to go fucking massive. Um, the other option is Ben Cunnington um, of North Melbourne. I'd, Aaron Hall will get you a good 110, but Cunnington, it doesn't matter who he goes up against right now, he's getting 140s.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that, but I reckon Callum Ward goes head-to-head with him and they kind of nullify each other, I reckon. Not really, because
0: Cunnington's been tagged before and he actually gets more. Points for contested possessions from it. I, I, I physically, it's physically so hard to play a role against Ben Cunnington because he's just so physical.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a beast.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you've got Cunnington, uh, like our good friend James Durkin does, uh, because he had cracked a whinge that we didn't give him a shout out last week, um, chuck a VC on Cunnington if you've got the the gonads, but I think it's actually. It's not even wheelbarrow testicles. It's just I reckon that is actually a safe one. Um, the next game, second last game of the round, Eagles versus Richmond. The round fourteen, I mean round thirteen game. <laughs> um, who you got in this one, Pato?
1: I am been waiting for this guy to have a really big one, and I reckon this is this is the week, Dustin Martin. Ooh. I think this is the week that. This is Sorry, this is the game that he goes absolutely bang in. And I can see a 130-140 score from him on Sunday afternoon. The Eagles have struggled against midfielders this year. They let Tom Mitchell get 145, uh, and they've let some other really big scores go. But I don't think Prestia will play, and I feel like Dusty might have a big game where he has plenty of touches and kicks his three or four goals and goes massive.
0: I don't mind that Kmart Bolton pick, uh, but I'd rather Bolton. <laughs> Bolton's a better option, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I really like Bolton as well. Playing in front of his home home crowd, uh, WA boy over there, hopefully he doesn't get too used to life over there because he is our best player. I know in saying it, he's our best player now. And I really like him to go big against the Eagles as well.
0: Yeah, I I can't pick I can't pick any of the Eagles players. I just I just can't. Um yeah. Yeah nah. Yeah nah yeah know nah. Anyway, the safest houses Monday game, Melbourne versus Collingwood. Um yeah, it's gotta be Gorn against fucking no one, or it's gonna be Clary versus the decimated Collingwood midfield.
1: Um, yeah.
0: It's those; those two are the safest picks.
1: Yeah, I don't even think it's worth mentioning any left field ones. Don't know because they're the nah, two. No, nah. uh, maybe Petrarca, but no. Nah, nah, yeah, nah. I like Clary or Max as well. Yeah, it's got to be one of
0: those two. Really, you can flip a coin, but I'm I'm going to say Maxi just because he's going to be going up against fucking no one.
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to be saying Oliver. I reckon Oliver's going to have the bigger game. So yeah, fair enough. I think. I think we've already announced two our VC and Cs after this week for our next captain's
0: oh, challenge. Don't be again. so sure. Don't be so sure. But we will be doing the captain's challenge um, every week. We will be doing it. Um, we'll announce our VC and Cs on well, it'll probably have to be Thursday this week, Padre.
1: Yeah, Thursday night is the first game of the, uh, the yeah. week. So make sure no one forgets about that. We'll get our first game announced tomorrow night. So we're recording on the Tuesday night. That first game will come out Wednesday night, the teams, and then the rest of them should come out on Thursday, except for the Melbourne game. That should come out Friday night for those playing at home.
0: Yeah. People, just remember to um, not jump the gun a bit with your trades this week. Plan for next week. This week, you're going to have the most amount of teams playing, so you should be fine to field a side. Focus on next week. Focus on getting... um, and we'll talk about it next week as well. Focus on getting in even guys from this buy round, like the Bulldogs players, the Lions players, Carlton players, the Essendon players. And we'll talk about that more next week. But plan for it. Just plan for it. Okay. Um uh, that's pretty much oh fuck my gut.
1: Fucking hell. So Dano's about to go take a shit to get I rid th-
0: of I think I'm up. yeah, I think my porcelain's probably gonna break. Um I might have to tell my landlord I need a new toilet. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, from us at the uh, – oh, hey, hang on, fuck up. Before we do that, uh, Pato, your Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, c. Yeah, and mine
0: is D-A-N-E-O-S-T-C-C. That's Dano Um, Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Chuck us some comments. Get around our shit. Um, get around our Twitter posts as well. Um, we're gaining some steam. I think we were, um, once I last checked, we were number six um, on Spotify when you search Supercoach, and that includes the NRL Supercoach pages as well. So we're number six at that stage. So we're fucking gaining steam, Pato. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, obviously people know what that we know our shit. They love those VC and C options. And yeah, obviously we're doing something right, Dano. Yeah, no one has balls. Except for us. Anyway,
0: um, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I am Dano. And I'm Pado, And this is us signing the fuck off, and i got to go to the fucking dunny. <laughs>